Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, I'm here, and uh, we're off to the races, as we said before. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, I have children, small ones, that are in the presence, or they're not even close. They're just that Poor little Abby. <laughs> She's fine. She's having a good time. I mean, that's how you can tell they're having a good... Actually, it's a it's a thin line between the scream of enjoyment and the scream of, oh, please, God, where am I? Mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> What's happening to me? <laughs> that was a scream of enjoyment. Okay. You learn, that's one of the things you learn as a parent is being able to tell between the two. When, when Yeah, so that one, I'm pretty sure. That was a happy scream? All yeah. good. All good on the scream front. I mean, maybe there are other parents that are listening It's like... That can say, like, I don't know, that was pretty close. But uh, she is supervised, so that's the main thing. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a pretty jam-packed show for you guys mm-hmm. today. We uh, actually got to play quite a few games. We've got lots to talk about, so we're going to jump right into it with Far Cry 5. Uh, both Ryan and I, I think we're in about the same spot because yeah. um, we both went and did the Southwest region first, right, with uh, John yeah, John Jingle Hammersmith. Yeah. Yeah, that's his so, name. So I, I don't necessarily want to do, I guess I, I'm going to do a little bit of story spoiling. I did stream all of my Far Cry 5 plays. So, um, oh, cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of story spoiling because I feel like I can't talk about the game without spoiling some of the story beats. So if you guys are looking to not be spoiled with Far Cry 5 and some of the story beats, then maybe um, skip ahead a little bit. So, uh, yeah, this is your spoiler warning. Spoilers. Okay, so Far Cry 5. The boss battle with John. How did you find that? Because I found it to be super annoying. <laughs> uh, it was uh, It was certainly cumbersome in that uh, I believe he gets in a plane Yes, he and does. This is what I'm talking about, the aerial combat. Oh, oh man. <laughs> aerial combat's never good. And... No, it, it, this felt to me super bad. So in my... Ex- I know I asked you what your experience was like, and then I'm just totally going to tell no, you. No, I want to hear. Your experience sounds like it'll be uh, similar, but a little different depending... Like, I'm imagining if you found it very frustrating, you you didn't do what I did, which, which was kind of cheat the system in, okay in a... yeah no i definitely didn't cheat the system what okay. happened for me was um i progressed progressed the quest to the point that he got in the plane and he ran away and right. then that triggered a voice line from my specialist pilot dude that was like if you want a hand with this or if you want me in the air just let me know and so i was like okay and what had actually happened was when i finished the quest right before going to his like um bunker bunker thingy um mm-hmm. when i'd finished the quest before i had uh both of my companions both of my specialist companions had died so i lost my bear and i lost my dog and i was really really sad and there's like a respawn timer on them which is quite long i think it's like 15 or 20 minutes on the bear um so anyways I activated my other two specialist companions because I'm like, I'm about to go take on the boss. I need, you know, I need specialists. I'm like, why wouldn't I have specialists? And this is before I knew he was flying. It just said basically like, go confront him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, oh, because it had unlocked. Um, it's like I, I cleared the region right up until the final story beat 
So that's what triggered the um, like the next quest. So yeah, the final and the sort of the final encounter in the the way that it progresses each region, each region story. Yeah. 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 So I had finished the last, uh, the mission that I finished, filled up the bar, unlocked the final story beat. So I activated my other two companions to go do the final story beat because I'm like, I don't want to kill 20 minutes while I wait for my bear and my, and my dog to respawn at the dog respawn is much shorter, but I was like, I don't want to wait that long. So I'm just going to activate them. Well, I activated them and both of them died instantly. I do not know why. So then that activated the spawn timer on those two specialists. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I have to wait anyways. So um, I went from, I drove from where I had been down to where the next story mission was happening. And that's the point when he jumps in the plane and then the voice like, come talk to me, voice line is triggered. And so I, well, the first time I tried, I just got into the plane that was right there to start chasing him right away. And I died. I failed like twice in a row. Like it was really, really hard. I couldn't figure out like because the only time I'd flown a plane before going on that mission was to unlock that one specialist follower guy where literally you go and steal his plane back from the bad guy, fly through a few circles that are very much like they're it's pretty much straight ahead. Like you have to do a little bit of turning because you're kind of flying in a circle, but it is not any kind of like crazy aerial combat type thing. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, jump in a plane and do a boss fight. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, they uh, they don't they don't really sort of ease you into flying a plane. Because no. even with that mission where you, dis- uh, the mission where you unlock the, the flying guy, uh, you don't, there's no ease into it there either. There's a bit, because it's, it's more of a traversal mission and then leads yeah. you into taking out enemies. But... I'm pretty well, sure. But even you... then, I feel like the enemies that you shoot at are on the ground and they're stationary. Like they're yes, and and they're... even the ones that are in the air, are like helicopters, so they don't really fight back and they mm. move in a pretty predictable way. And they move. Yeah, I didn't even remember shooting down a helicopter, but uh... yeah, it might be later on, or maybe well, it's, yeah, it, maybe it's then, the second so part. Maybe I don't this know. is this is the second part because there is another mission that gets automatically triggered when you go to that airfield again. And I hadn't gone back to that airfield. So that was my next problem with the boss battle is so I tried it either once or twice. I can't remember, but I got my ass kicked anyways. I might have even been more than that because then I tried to figure out what I was supposed to do with this guy in the voice line. So I looked on my map. I didn't have anywhere on the map that was like Jim Bob's location. I can't remember his name. That is his name. Yeah. Is it? (laughs) I don't know. So I didn't have anything on my map like flagging me, telling me that I should go there. So I went back to his airfield to be like, maybe he's over here. And he wasn't over there. And then so I was like, well, I guess I just am on my own for this. So I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. No one in the because I was streaming at the time. No one could tell me what what the problem was or give me any hints or anything like that. Then no one could figure it out. So I was like, okay, fine. So I jumped in his plane instead of going all the way back to the enemy airfield. And that automatically triggered another quest that overrode my boss battle. So then it wouldn't let me switch back to the boss battle. It wouldn't let me do anything else. I had to go kill these convoys because I guess it was a timed mission or something. And then killing the convoys was killing things on the ground and a couple of helicopters. And that kind of like there was like many stages of that. And the whole time the boss battle music is going. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, if this was actually happening... This boss dude would be way far gone. <laughs> yeah, and that's he would have thing. totally escaped. He doesn't really. I didn't see it, and I, I okay. And when I played it, 
Uh, I was struggling. I wasn't struggling. Like I got to the point where you're at, you clear his ranch. Yeah. And he's a, he gets in a plane, he takes off, and it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, we got to take off. And it wasn't really clear as to what I needed to do. I knew I needed to get up in the air. Yeah. But I th- it sounded like my fly dude was going to swoop down and I was going to get in his plane to shoot. Mm. That's what I thought was happening is that the well, AI that's was going to the other thing I tried to do me. is I tried to get in the gunner seat yeah. and then have the other guy fly. Because you're right. That's what the voice line says. Like, oh, if you want me to fly or something, just say the word is and so I was yeah. like, okay. And I was like, how do I tell him to get in and fly for me? Because I would much rather just sit here and gun while the AI takes care of moving the plane. Because, oh my God, maneuvering the plane was just so, so difficult in, in the context of the boss battle, right? Yeah, the boss is a little more maneuverable, uh, has a better maneuverability than you yes. do. So it feels like if you miss your run and yeah. then he gets around on you, you're taking hits pretty quick. And, and that happened yeah. to me where my plane caught on fire and yeah. I had to vacate the premises and uh, parachute down. And that's when I thought, oh, great, I'm screwed. But it, what happened was I think I got him down just enough that my fly guy, who was up in the air picking away at him, yeah. uh, ended up getting him down. So I think I got lucky in that my fly guy was able to to do a bulk of the boss damage. Yeah. And and then that triggered sort of go to the bunker where he landed and and take everybody out, uh, yeah. Essentially outside so then, the bunker. So. Yeah. So then I guess yeah. So that bunker mission is where I stopped playing because I got so frustrated I had to mm. stop streaming. Um. Mm-hmm. So literally, I I ended up basically the way that I solved the problem was I had to wait for my randomly got killed for no reason specialist fly guy to come off of cooldown. Then I was able to summon him as an ally again. And then we were both flying. So then at least it's um, like I had the ally in the air and I swear he did all the damage. I think I might have hit the boss one like with one bullet. Not even with one run, but like with one bullet <laughs> of my I, run. It was yeah. so frustrating. And then so the boss guy, uh, plane exploded. He parachuted out. Then I had to go down to the ground and then actually kill him. So I did that and got the cutscene. And then you mm-hmm. steal the key from him to go to unlock the bunker to get your friend back. Yeah. So then my next set of glitches <laughs> was oh gosh. the first time that I went to the bunker... There were like three to four dudes that spawned outside. So I killed those three to four dudes. Then I started going down the stairs. And as soon as I got into the first room of the bunker, it was like everyone who was supposed to spawn spawned. So I was in a room with like 25 guys and I died like right away. So then I was like, okay, so I guess I need to be more careful when I'm going down the stairs. So then I went back to the bunker again and it's like all of the guys from downstairs were now outside and they like spawned again, like instantly. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, okay. And then so I, you know, tried to, to kill them. And I think I came up against like two super heavy armored dudes and ended up, you know, like I, I fought for a couple minutes, but I ended up dying. And I was like, okay, I thought there were going to be four guys in that room. There were like 20 guys in that room. So I need to be more careful when I'm approaching the outside. So then I did it again. And then I was approaching the compound and I was hiding behind a truck. And then all of a sudden the truck exploded because there was a dude that spawned on the roof who hadn't been there previously with a rocket launcher. And then I was just like, table flip. I'm 
freaking done. <laughs> like, I am not doing, I'm not playing this game. I'm done. It's over. I'm, I can't. And I haven't gone back to it. Huh. <laughs> it was just like the spawns at that bunker for me were super glitchy. Like, so bad. <laughs> I, I, like, I I can't make a strategy because the spawns are different every time. <laughs> no. I, I think I felt that I had a similar issue where the first time I did it, I went into the downstairs and I got overwhelmed and got killed. And then when I respawned, it felt, like you said, like everybody had either... Everybody had respawned, including, like, the story guys who I had killed to to get the cutscene of, of John right. dying. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, you, you, it's a game with guns. It's like, a game with uh, guns and bosses. Of course, yeah. you're gonna have to kill them. Yeah. yeah, he dies in 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 a very like Assassin's Creed. I'm gonna tell you everything before I yes. die. And then you have mortally wounded me. I'm gonna tell you my whole plan. And then yeah, that was my dying face. <laughs> yeah, he he just kind of gives up and rolls over. And yeah, and I, I think that the character like the characters are interesting but if each boss battle is going to amount to this large firefight and then a conf- and then not a confession but just like a monologue and then death mm-hmm. if they're all like that that's a little hokey but <laughs> um whatever i, I think that th- that's besides the point it's a game about shooting things in in a big open world so if the yeah. boss battle if the boss battle climax isn't the be all end all it's not the end of the world and and i know people in the discord have said like oh the ending's a bit you know shit and it's like whatever i'm not there yet and i'm enjoying the journey but no there are moments where the game kind of will freak out and sometimes it's in a fun playful way like you shoot a Mm -hmm. truck and it just kind of skips along and clips a couple guys and it's like oh that was really fun i'm glad that happened but then other times it happens to you and it's really frustrating like you you get out of a vehicle and it just so happens to be at the exact moment that someone's speeding towards you you shoot a civilian oh it's the end of the world they <laughs> run you over with your car eh yeah it's okay you know? yeah so no i i had that issue where things were sort of spawning in and i was having um a hard go with uh with the bunker both inside and out and and, and enemies were responding but no once i got through it it was fine um and but that's not the best part about the game. The the better part of the game is the open world, the missions that take advantage of that, the confined spaces, and the you know singular. I need to get to this point in the map while everyone's shooting at me. It's just it's not what the strength of that game. Yeah. So I think that's where well, you're hitting that wall. Is just your it's it's just not a good part of a of a really really great game. I think. Um, and I had also. Uh in that same stream done mm. the uh done the mission where you have to i don't know if you did this because he's like a an optional dude that you can go help but mm-hmm. it was like he wanted to explode the gold at the gold mine did you ever do that no no i didn't. so there's like there's four different stacks of gold that you put remote explosives on that take four minutes to detonate and in that time there's a whole bunch of cultists that essentially assault the gold mine, including, again, rocket launchers, helicopters, like oh. all kinds of stuff. And the cultists are all going to try to disarm the bombs. So then you have to kill the cultists before they can disarm the bombs. Or once they disarm the bombs, you have to set them again. But either way, it's like you're one person. They have like super powerful weapons. Oh. They're just waves after waves after waves. And you have to try to like defend four different points in a location that isn't the easiest to move around in. 
Like there's a lot of zip lines so you can easily get from like the top to the bottom, but then getting from the bottom one all the way back up to the top, it leaves you exposed a lot. <laughs> and I died a lot. <laughs> so yeah, there's, that... like you say, there's, there are some parts of the game that I feel like it's really, really strong at, but then there's other parts of the game where it forces you into mechanics that maybe aren't as, as great for or balance enjoyment or balance. Yeah, yeah. Balance is probably the best. Yeah. It, it's still in, you know, I've found, so my play style, I kind of fell into this play style where, you know, you, I got my weapon and it was sort of a, I think it's a, I think it's classified as a special long range, but it feels more like it, it is a special long range, but it's not a sniper. It's more of a rifle, uh, but it's like a semi-automatics and I put the, you know, I put the scope on it and I put the silencer. So I think for most folks, like if you're struggling with the gunplay, it's to find your favorite weapon save up some some in-game cash and then go in and and add the silencer add the clip size add the scope Mm -hmm. and then really the game rewards folks for it being as stealthy as possible you know you don't always have to go in close for takedowns you can just snipe them and i found like the ai the ai is set up in a way where if you just pick people off one at a time um you can sometimes get pretty lucky and just take out the whole compound or or the whole area but in instances where like you said um yeah, at the gold mine, it sounds like they know you're there. Oh yeah, there is and... no there is no running away and sniping yeah. because it'll also tell you like if you go too far outside of like the mission area, it'll it'll like kill you and reset you. But using your explosives is also something like if you know they're coming, and that's something that we didn't do when we were playing co-op uh, last week, where we were trying to take out those uh, convoys. Mm. You know, we have remote C four, we have proximity C four. Yeah, that was an opportunity to use the mechanics of the game to to your advantage um but a similar actually a similar issue in that area where uh, or in that region was when i was unlocking the sniper at the at the church tower you know where it had dudes coming from all over and i was getting overwhelmed and i uh, and at the end of it i, I just like oh, i'm just gonna use explosives and it end up the sniper at the church tower that's the mission yeah. that i did which i finished the mission and then uh i guess as i was getting credit going into uh like credit for finishing that mission is when i went into the pause menu picked my two new specialist dudes and then came out of the pause menu that finished kicked off the next quest and instantly killed my two specialists that Hmm. was the mission when it happened um yeah it was really weird but it's it's a it's a large it's and you know i'm having a lot of fun with the game and i i got a chance to jump in with uh with um eddie from summoner's call we played some some far cry 5 some co-op and and yeah it's still again it still feels weird like sacrificing your progress but for the one thing hour i did one mm. thing i did uh somebody in my chat told me when i was streaming is when you are playing co-op right. if you save all of your um prepper stashes that's the best way to play co-op is clearing because like if mm you and I are playing in my game and we clear a stash, we each get three perk points. And then if we went out of my game and went back into your game and cleared the same stash, we would get three perk points each. And those carry through. So apparently if you want to play co-op, it's better to save up your stashes because then you're essentially getting like double the perks for playing with the So that's like the best way to use your time if you want to co-op because the stashes also don't really um, usually... like have that much story to them it's usually just a puzzle of how to get into them and then that's it so yeah 
Uh, look at yeah. There's a there's stuff in there that's fun, and I was just having a good time touring around and, and yeah and stuff. Uh, and... Yeah, you're, you're having fun in the game. Oh, clearly, you're playing it wrong, Ryan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, How dare you know, you I have like fun in the game. I I, I I like to progress as well. So like, I would I jumped out and I played a little bit on my own as well, and 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 it's a playground. Uh, but there are moments where it tries to progress you forward, and I I don't know about you. Um, again, I really like the game, but I don't know if I feel comfortable with the forced progression missions, you mm. know, like where you hit a tier. So you, there's the tiers and we talked about this last week where you hit a tier and it'll say like, oh, you've been marked. And it's like, but I wanted to go do this or yeah. that, you know, now I have to progress through the, what can sometimes be a longer story mission. Mm-hmm. And there's, and the cutscenes are like, you know, uh, some of them are fun and cheeky and others are kind of like we're going to torture you up close for like five minutes. And it's like, uh, cool. Not really what I want to see, but okay. Weird mm-hmm. tattoo cut and flesh, man. Yeah. Sounds great. It's, it's a little much on that front. Yeah. Uh, but there's, I, like I said, the, the playground of it is just a blast. I love driving around. I love like going over. I just love beelining it to things. As you noticed, I just, just going off road and, accidentally hitting cows and taking out fences so satisfying i did all of the the testy stuff by the way i did oh, okay the, i was like Whoa, yeah. what the <laughs> testy, yeah the testy festy quests yeah i did that and then i went and did you actually do the collection did oh, you yeah. go all the way through and yeah okay i did so, it twice yeah. i did it with eddie as well i'm like oh this is a great one let's do this one so i yeah i was pretty happy with uh with that quest and and yeah the collection let's just say they play a song that uh, fits quite well with what you're doing. It was ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. ridiculous. And I think I feel like that is the quest to end all quests when it comes to actually talking about what Far Cry is like. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if this doesn't sound like fun to you, maybe stay away from this franchise because it's kind of that ridiculous, stupid, poking fun at everything sort of a quest that mm. I feel like is very typical of Far Cry. So if that doesn't sound funny to you, maybe this is not your type of game. <laughs> it's probably the... the. I mean, I feel like it's the most extreme version, but there's definitely a lot of just ridiculous over-the-top humor in this. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the Testy Festy is certainly like the the lowest bar that they set up in, in, in the high jump for sure. So yeah. yeah, so far anyways, so far. Yeah, from what I've seen, yeah. Uh, so overall, your feelings on Far Cry 5, are you going to finish it? You want to keep going, interested in playing the game, it's worth your time, all that kind of stuff, or maybe not so much and wait for a sale for those listeners out there who are on the fence? I think for folks who haven't picked it up yet, I think there's there's, an, there's probably this opportunity to wait it out as there are a lot of games that are going to start coming out. But if you're looking for a fun open world playground where it's in the wilderness and you're just being rewarded for being creative and and having a having a good time and you're not too worried about sort of uh progressing the story because i think the story sometimes offers the bumpiest roads Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think it's it's a lot of fun i'm definitely going to try to keep going i might not finish it anytime soon but i want to i want to keep progressing because i've been having fun sort of just playing around in the world. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for an open world first person shooter in the Far Cry f- franchise, I think it's it's totally worth picking up. It's not as uh 
it's not as bad as one might have thought it would be considering it's uh it's subject matter yeah let's just say uh so the other thing that i've been playing uh specifically today is hearthstone obviously because it is uh expansion launch day so we got our year of the raven standard rotation happened as well as the um witchwood expansion launched today so did a big pack opening stream tried some new decks there are some absolutely ridiculous combos and cards that are in this expansion so i feel like this is the farthest removed i've ever been from hearthstone because i like (laughs) i from i uh, i don't know anything about this about this expansion and i think and this is more of a this is more of a like a conversation about me as opposed to the game like this is by no means uh, an illustration of where the game's at it's more of a where i'm at and that I don't think I watched the trailer. I don't think I, I knew when it got announced. I didn't know it was coming out today. I like, had no idea what people were talking about as I saw my Discord notifications pouring in. But I I guess the question I have is, like, are, are people content with the way they've been doing these expansions? Like, do they feel like they're coming fast enough, not too fast? Like, are people having to spend a lot of money? I know we've talked about sort of the, I know this is your job, so you have to, like, drop money. <laughs> But like for folks who who are just playing the game casually, is it an oppor- is it a time where they're like, all right, here's my another eighty dollars US. Let's buy some packs and build our decks. Is that is that what Hearthstone still is for? Well, for most I mean, gamers? so there's been a lot of conversation about Hearthstone uh, and just the expense of Hearthstone because, like you know, they stopped making adventures, so it's three expansions mm-hmm. a year now. As opposed to, you know, alternating between a 130-something cards and then, you know, the weekly adventure. So what's the adventure with this one? So this one hasn't actually released yet. Uh, last time when they released Cobalt and Catacombs, they released the single-player content at the same time. And it created a lot of different bugs in the game. Huh. So this time they've decided to wait two weeks between the expansion dropping with all the new cards and the single player dropping so two weeks from now we're getting monster hunter which is or sorry monster hunt (laughs) monster (laughs) hunt careful um, it's it's basically uh the same sort of thing i think they haven't really talked as much about monster hunt as they did with dungeon run but it Mm. seems to be very similar except for this time instead of choosing to play as like hunter warrior warlock etc they've created new classes that you play only in monster hunt mode. So they have uh, like new heroes that have like, I think one's like the hunt master one. I can't remember, but they seem to have like um, almost like they combine two different classes from Hearthstone sort of, I think, because again, they haven't pushed this nearly as hard as they pushed dungeon run and they haven't given us as much information. So there's some, Weird. There's some cool stuff and and things are being data mined, so I'm sure more information will be will kind of come out in the coming days. But yeah, the single player content is not in there yet. Huh. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, that's where I'm interested. But, yeah. So uh, that's and the, I mean, I knew that. That's why, like, I didn't expect you to to be in playing Hearthstone today at all. But uh, yeah, I will uh, two weeks. So yeah, no, I'll check that out. That's perfect timing. That's like right around god of war and labo and all that fun <laughs> stuff so there's no competition whatsoever but yeah I, well I and the other thing cool. is 
the other thing is with Hearthstone and the the three expansions a year and the standard rotation and the cost is that the single player content doesn't have any rewards tied to it. So where you could go, yes, you can play the single player mode for free and it doesn't rely on your collection at all. It also doesn't mm -hmm. reward anything. So again, <laughs> this comes down to the fun in video games, right? Like if it's a yeah. fun mode for you and it's free, then huzzah. But a lot of people are like, if I'm spending time playing Hearthstone, I want to be growing my collection, even playing arena, which does cost money, but even playing arena gives me rewards to go to help build my collection. So it, it feels bad to play Seems a game mode to not build your collection in Hearthstone. Yeah, and I mean, we'll probably talk about this again in two weeks when we've had a chance to, yeah. to try the single player. Uh, but I feel, and this may be naive, Ryan, but I feel like it's it's very un-Blizzard-like to do something like that and, and create this mode that is just exists to um, sort of check a box as opposed to offer like a, uh, you know, a value to <laughs> to their player, like to reward players for being, yeah. you know, uh, that's what free to play games are all about. It's it's about rewarding oh my God, your right. players. I I love what? that you're saying this because I feel like the, the Hearthstone spoiled little brat child who's like, where's my presents? I, but it's it's so good to hear you say this because I just assume that because I'm, you know, in the game and playing all the time that I want to like min max on my time in Hearthstone. And the whole the developers have basically said they wanted to put a mode in that people played for fun. Fun was the reward. Sure. And that's like they didn't want anyone to feel like it was like the best way to get cards. So they had to play it. They wanted mm -hmm. people to play it because they wanted to play it. And I was like, well. But I'm having the opposite reaction. I want to play it, but I'm not yeah. going to play it because I don't get rewarded for it. So I'm never going to play that content. Well, <laughs> so yeah, the, the reason it's good I to hear you, it's good to hear you kind of coming down on the side of, wait, I don't get anything. Why don't I get anything? This game is free to play. <laughs> well, even even in other Blizzard games like Heroes of the Storm, the brawls were added as like, it's for fun. But if it, you play twice and you get a loot box. Yeah. You don't have to win. And that's that's so minimal that is that is the that is checking a box of like it's fun checkbox and it's and it doesn't count towards anything but also we'll give you a loot box so at least you played it twice and that's yes. also a great way to guarantee your player base is going to check something out more than well they're just going to check it out because i don't know how many times i would ignore a brawl that i that doesn't sound interesting if there were no rewards and the reason i think i've been more i'm more vocal about this is you know having done Having played Fire Emblem Heroes for the last uh, year and a bit and doing Summoner's Call Weekly, there was a big, we're going to talk about it this Saturday, but there's a big update that got launched, a huge, uh, they did a presentation of like, here's all the stuff coming, new modes, new this, new that. Whenever they introduce something new, they know that they have to have rewards there, even though they're, you know, they're charging you for the orbs and stuff. And, and yeah. they've been very good at listening. And I think there's one thing Blizzard just really fails at is is l listening and acting like they listen but they kind of like they do just enough to say that they're that they're listening to say they're listening yeah <laughs> it, it's almost like they they only i don't know it's hard but i can't think of an example i don't play a lot of blizzard games anymore but from what i've seen they don't really tr truly listen like other free-to-play games do you know i've like with Fire Emblem Heroes, I've noticed that they've been very reactive in a positive way when people say like, 
we want to give you more money. Orbs cost too much. Give us like promo packs. And now they're going to start doing like the monthly mm-hmm. promo packs where you're, it's a discounted price. It's a one-time purchase. You get some extra bonuses in there. And, yeah. and well, and that. Hearthstone has listened slightly in that sure. they have up the rewards. So basically what they did is they increased the amount of gold you get from quests while simultaneously decreasing the thing you have to do to complete the quest. So quests are now more rewarding. However, you still only get one quest per day. So they didn't actually increase the number of quests Mm -hmm. you can do. And I think that that's the thing that more people want is they want more things to do in Hearthstone that reward them more. Because if I'm going in and doing my daily quest every day and playing my three to five games, however much it takes to, to finish my quest, then I don't get any more bonuses. And they've said they don't want to do daily login bonuses, but I feel like that's what a daily quest is. Like I'm logging in, getting my daily quest, and that's my login bonus, sure. <laughs> right? You're so earning that login bonus. Just because you're, not you're even getting yeah, it. you're not even getting it. Yeah, I'm just getting a shot at <laughs> getting mm-hmm. a new quest. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't want Blizzard to listen to every piece of feedback. Just like any developer, like they have to choose. They have to pick and choose. But I think you have to. You have to be transparent. You have to sort of act on, you know, feedback that makes complete and utter sense. You know, when you look at the what Destiny 2 went through and is still going through, um, where they weren't transparent, they weren't offering, you know, uh, they weren't listening to feedback and acting on it in a timely manner. And that game as completely like they just announced that the new expansion was coming out may 8th i saw like no fanfare for it mm-hmm. i posted it in the discord and said hey they announced when i'm gonna play destiny again and <laughs> a couple people you know chimed in i know void chronos is always on top of uh, destiny 2 stuff so um it's exciting to see a company kind of look at their mistakes and and try to try to offer roadmaps and be very mm-hmm. transparent and i know bungie you gotta applaud them they've they've started to do that and and offer a path forward but you know, Hearthstone's a great game. They've done amazing with it. Uh, but I think it's, I think, I don't know, like Blizzard's changed a bit in the past and I, I just want to see, and maybe I've just been spending too much time on Reddit. I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> people, people, I guess, have been all over Blizzard on Reddit, especially in the heroes side of things that I've mm-hmm. that I've heard. But no, I, I think it's great. I think I find it super weird that they haven't really talked much about the single player and um maybe they're just making they're just giving it room to to breathe on its own but the way they handled dungeon run was complete opposite so yeah well i think they're gonna let it or like let the expansion be the expansion and then start hyping monster hunt because they've got you know two weeks now cool so i think that's that's all it is is that you know it was a um like they knew they were going to delay it. So they're just like, well, we'll talk about the expansion and the new cards right now. And then we'll have a couple of weeks to, to hype up monster hunt. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I mean, single player content is not my jam anyways. I sure. do standard ladder. So this is a very exciting time for me because this is the most volatile that the meta gets right is right after rotation. Cause we lose three. So we lost uh, two expansions and one adventure with this rotation. So oh, wow. lose a, lose a big chunk of cards. So, Nice. And they were uh, a lot of the uh, whispers of the old gods cards and a lot of the Karazhan cards were cards that we're seeing a lot of play. So it is actually a, quite an impactful rotation. So 
there's still some decks that are, you know, going to be left over because they're made up of mostly Angoro and Frozen Throne and Kobold's cards. So Warlock isn't going anywhere, but um, there's some new decks and new classes that are really being empowered. So to see mm. how it goes. Latin. Such a language. I don't know that what you said. It's, I, yeah. I, I, under, I picked, picked up pieces of it, but yes, <laughs> the meta. It's yeah. uh, it's good stuff. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> the meta is good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Hearthstone. Yep. <laughs> uh, so what else did you play this week, Ryan? Because clearly uh, it wasn't Hearthstone. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know what? I can't believe I spaced on it. I don't know what it was, but like <laughs> just completely off the radar. And normally it isn't, but uh, it was it was this time. So I apologize. Actually, I do have. I, sorry, fans. I have one more mm. Hearthstone question before we yes. before we move on. My fault. Um, so since it is the standard rotation, this is like the best time to get back into Hearthstone. Do you, because there's like the least amount of sets that are viable in standard, do you have any interest whatsoever in getting back into Hearthstone and like buying packs and, and playing a lot? Or are you just like, no? I don't think Hearthstone was ever sort of my game. Like, yeah. I, 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 and that's why I should have prefaced everything I said before. Like, it's just, I look at it as a successful, you know, property of Blizzard and I appreciate it and I'll play when it makes sense to me. But it was never, it was never really my my jam I, yeah. I don't think i ever i maybe bought cards when there were promos on and i was like oh, i'll throw a couple bucks at it because i think it's a great property and stuff and i want to support the idea of hearthstone um, <laughs> obviously i don't need to do that anymore considering how how popular it is but yeah i i ladder yeah i don't know i don't think i was never ever really, I, to you. never really had fun on ladder yeah. i just i think it's the card building i don't i don't have that strategic mind to want to even with fire emblem heroes like people really drill into the the strategy of it and and, and for me it's just like i don't know i want to move characters around have them survive and then hit yeah. shit real hard <laughs> if it know? works it works yay and if it yeah. doesn't all right we'll try again <laughs> yeah so there there are things i don't do in fire emblem heroes that other people really love doing and it's like that those those really hard infernal battles where it's it's nigh impossible unless you have just the right strategy um so yeah, with Hearthstone, it was just never my thing. But it's good to know. That's a good thing to put out there in terms of this being the perfect time to jump in. And um, if we said this last week, it would have been also the perfect time to pre-purchase yes, you know, this yeah. expansion. Yeah, the pre-order is the pre-order is done now. And actually, yeah. they did uh, for fifty dollars or sixty something Canadian. They did uh, seventy packs, so it was oh. fifty packs like normal, but then with a twenty bonus packs, which was kind of interesting because that brought it in line with like how much um the old 50 or no wait um with the currency exchange because they've localized all the currency yeah so yeah it uh it brought the cost of hearthstone cards like back in line with where they were before they localized <laughs> so oh well that's a bonus that's not listening like, well right? that's the thing didn't really feel like a bonus it felt like what i should be getting for that amount of money <laughs> oh. because it's like i used to spend around like 65 bucks for that number of packs and now i spend like 85 bucks for that number of packs so it was like it felt like going back to the price it should have been because <laughs> mm -hmm. i haven't ever since they localized the currency i haven't bought like the biggest pack of hearthstone cards because i can't afford it <laughs> yeah they've it's... they've priced me out of hearthstone <laughs> think about that <laughs> like hearthstone's my job and i can't afford to play hearthstone like that anymore so well i yeah. i find i find most of the free-to-play stuff across all games is priced 
just out of reach to make it a, an impulse buy. And I find it's the same thing. And again, we'll talk about it this weekend on Summoner's Call. But like, I don't buy orbs, which is the equivalent of buying cards. You know, right. I, just, I just free to play grind. I get what I get and I'm happy. And I'll throw money at it when it makes sense. But I'm not buying like the standard orb offer because it's like a full summon is 20 orbs. So uh, 20 orbs cost you like... 20 some dollars canadian wow uh for 140 orbs which is best value it's like 110 dollars and it is incredibly easy if you're doing a banner where there's a three percent chance you're going to get your hero you want um you can blow through 140 orbs pretty quickly uh, so I I have made a pack never never to even start purchasing because uh, right because once you start it's really hard to stop <laughs> yeah yeah so and you know for people who do purchase orbs um, or purchase cards or whatever like more power to you so maybe for some folks that's the only game you play but this is you know there is no one game that I play so uh, yeah I have to be careful <laughs> with what I indulge in yeah. Uh, so sorry. So you did play something else this week. Why don't you? Why don't you tell everybody about it? I did. Yeah, I checked out Masters of Anima, which is this new. Which just... is one letter away from you. Oh right! <laughs> I never even thought about that. And now I can't. When you stop. put this in the notes, I was like, okay. <laughs> I should have accidentally put Anima, and then and then you you could have been. Uh, it's like whoa! <laughs> Did Ryan like copy paste wrong from his incognito yeah. tab? Like what's going on? And then uh, I would have just copy pasted it into the overlay because I'm like, well, if Ryan played it, no. gotta talk about mastering the anima. It's like it's like a teleprompter. <laughs> well, I mean, simulation games are all the rage, right? So <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would have asked me because you would have been like, "That's a typo." Is this really a thing, Ryan? Screwing with me, but no. Great, sorry. you ruined it. Poor, I'm poor sorry. people who made this game. Uh, Masters of Anima, like uh, mana, I don't know. Anyways, it's a game in the style of Pikmin where you have uh, an army of, of folks that you can summon. So you're actually summoning these these guardians uh, of specific elements and powers. Okay. So you play a Master of Anima. I don't know his name. His name was Otto. He had a British accent. It was kind of cool. I think it was British. Anyways... <laughs> He's on a quest to become this master of anima, and then all of a sudden something bad happens, as it does. And your fiance, who is, you know, the super master of anima, gets like split into three pieces. You know, her soul gets like it's it's a typical like video game, like, oh, gotta save your fiance type thing. <laughs> so that's a little, you know, whatever. But uh, as you go through the game, you start to unlock, these new powers of summoning. So basically you start off the game with the ability to summon um, sword and shield guys. And those sword and shield guys are your melee combat type folks. And you can order them around and, and there's some mechanics to kind of shift them on the battlefield out of danger. Um, there's some, you know, action mechanics where you're buffing them uh, by using your anima. You have a pool of, I'm just going to call it mana. Uh, you have a pool of <laughs> mana and that mana is universal in the sense that you use it to summon guys. Uh, so you get... each, do each of the different warrior dudes have mm. uh, different costs? No, each each uh, grouping. So when you summon, so when you spend one mana orb or anima orb, you summon f- uh, four sword guys or four four archer guys, and then you get into uh, as far as I got, it was a there was arch there was 
sword and shield there was archer then there was these like uh support dudes where they siphoned anima from your enemies uh and that's where you start to get when you have the archers and in, in the uh i don't know what they're called we'll call them uh, just anima suckers <laughs> okay and uh <laughs> you, you in combat you would have to move them around uh out of danger and i think that's where the game started to hit a wall for me i was really enjoying it at the beginning as you were you know progressing through the story and there were puzzles involved where you're like having to think like okay how do i move this piece of this puzzle across the map to be able to traverse and and pick up certain things basically solve puzzles and you're doing it by commanding your dudes around to um, interact with the environment uh, which was a lot of fun i love those puzzles in this game they've been probably the highlight of the game however there's that's a third of the game and and what i feel Mm. like is the two-thirds of the game which is the combat and the combat can be frustrating um you're playing with a so i'm playing with a controller as it recommends and early on in the game the combat's fun because you feel like you're in control of your dudes you're ordering them around and they're they're listening to you uh and and they're throwing enemies at you that you can kind of just micromanage very little and come out of the battle unscathed or at Mm. least win without feeling like you've hit a wall uh but then i started to come across these bosses and i did stream this uh where i was playing and i kept hitting this wall where i didn't follow the the strategy that that unveiled itself when i didn't follow the strategy i would hit this wall where i just had no anima left Mm. and i wouldn't be able to progress so i had to basically kill myself to to actually progress so there's no rubber banding mechanic where as soon as you run out of anima and all your dudes die you're you're basically wasted so so then do you just have to sit there and like wait for the fight to resolve like wait for them to come and kill you basically yeah and i had so there is no like reset like whoops i made a mistake (laughs) there's probably a reset option but Mm. um I mean, I didn't see it. And I'm always wary about restarting from checkpoint. You're always, I'm always worried that it's going to take you like farther before way, the boss. Yeah, way further back than you realize. Yeah. Checkpoint design is like this thing that a lot of games don't do right. So I often don't want to like, uh, what do they call it in Heroes where you, you, you face check a bush? I really don't want to do that with the checkpoint system, <laughs> like at a boss, uh, just to see if it if it's been designed properly. But yeah, I probably could have just reset the checkpoint. But it is really frustrating when, the, so this boss I was doing, and basically you, it's kind of like wow in the sense that you have to micromanage your your units. So in Warcraft you have aggro. So in this there's aggro. Where if I took my sword and shield guys off the boss, he would start targeting my ranged units, okay. which in theory sounds pretty pretty plausible that would happen you know you kind of yeah so and and it's Makes like sense. pikmin where when you hit your whistle button and call everyone back that's where he starts he started to react and, and target my range dudes and when he killed my archers and my uh, anima suckers uh it it caused caused issues for my army my basically my supply ran dry and i had to kind of restart the the mode but when i did figure it out it didn't make me as excited as i as I thought I would like, you know, when they say, Oh, that's the beauty of dark souls. When you, when you accomplish something, you feel this immense, you know, uh, like, all oh, right. Sense of accomplishment. Sense yeah. of accomplishment. And this, I was like, that was just frustrating. <laughs> and I do not want to fight a boss like that 
ever again. And the game, rather than sprinkling in more puzzles for optional content and unlocking collectibles and stuff, it sprinkles in harder combat areas. And that, to me, is like, no, no, that's not your strength here. I get it wanting to put in extra combat, but your strength was the puzzles. That was where I was having the most fun, like the traversal puzzles and stuff mm. and having to micromanage, oh, I need, you know, I needed, uh, so eventually I found a, a, like these buff dudes. So you'd spend one point of anima to summon one big dude. Mm. And that one big dude uh, or two big dudes would be used to like lift up these like, these, uh, uh, covers and when you lift up the covers the wind that would kill you gets blocked and those that was really interesting and 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 challenging but and but when timed right was actually felt like a a sense of accomplishment but the combat just feels like one wrong move and you got to start over and it's pretty pretty grindy in that it Mm -hmm. uh it felt like there was maybe a few phases too many and this is just like about just under halfway through the game i would suspect uh but yeah, like it's a fun little game if you like Pikmin uh, or Overlord, which is another game of that of that vein. Like it's solidly built. It's just know that there's a strong focus on combat, and if you aren't into sort of the cumbersome sub RTS genre that is Pikmin, uh, this isn't StarCraft where you can micromanage all your dudes. I didn't play with a keyboard and mouse, but if it strongly recommends you play with a controller, I usually take that as the developers created this game with a controller in mind. Um, so mouse yeah. and keyboard isn't going to help you. If anything, it's going to hinder you. It doesn't seem like, yeah, you're, it, it, you're right. I, I don't think there's, there's no like mouse point control. Mm. Uh, or, well, I shouldn't say that. There, You use the thumbstick to kind of move your cursor and direct your units, um, and you can like kind of paint your units, your cursor to kind of select a subgrouping. But it always mm. felt like the enemies were once just quicker than I could react yeah. to that stuff. But no, I, I'm I enjoyed like the first little bit. But as long as you know there's like a strong focus on combat, and if you're really into the Pikmin games, certainly check it out. Add it to your wish list. Like just it's worth taking a peek at if you've ever enjoyed pikmin or overlord because we just don't get enough of those games and and this is straight up one of those games so if you're looking for something like that i think it's worth taking a peek at for sure awesome um we have a patron ad this week from simon who says weekly news desk's podcast all about the geek news this week they have been on a bit of a hiatus so stay tuned they are coming back you can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. So you can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. Uh, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash thegamersin. Game night is actually going to be moved this mm. month. Uh, Ryan is going to be away next week. So instead of the 19th, we will be playing games on the 26th. The best way to make sure that you can both vote and join us for game night is to become a patron and then join us in our Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Where you have access to uh, special channels in there to let us know what you guys want us to play. And then you get priority access when it comes to actually playing with us on game night. Um, the other thing is, too, guys, we give mm. priority access to patrons, but we also do play with people who aren't patrons. We just make sure that we get the patrons in first mm-hmm. if they want to play. So if you do want to play with us on game night, it is not patron exclusive. It's just um, patron priority, put it that way. So if you guys have been staying away from game night because of that, 
do know that you guys are welcome to come and play with us on game night. So again, that will be on April 26th, not the 19th because Ryan's going to be away. So make yes. sure you guys tune in for that two weeks from tonight. Yes. That brings us to our news segment. Uh, we were, we have two pieces of news for you guys tonight. First of all, we're going to talk about steam changing. Well, bringing new features to the platform, which basically kills Steam Spy. So Ryan, tell me what Steam Spy is because this is not something that I've ever used. <laughs> I, and here's the thing, the Steam Spy stuff, is, you know, I'm I'm not a, I'm not familiar with it either. Steam Spy is sort of the, you know, what happened uh, uh, based on the changes that Steam made. I think the, the changes Steam has made are in the, in the, uh, in the, in the benefit of users this, there's this big push right now what would happen with facebook and stuff where right. the privacy of your data is the first and foremost the the biggest concern of these should be the biggest concern of these companies and changing from an opt out to an opt in format is kind of what uh, a lot of companies are doing you saw it with uh, you know the the uh, newsletter settings and stuff a couple of years back where they changed. Right, from... I remember that. Because I, I feel like big Shoppers deal. Drug Mart or something, I had to respond to them and say like, yes, I am opting into your emails explicitly. And then they usually send me one every six months or so saying like, we're going to have to stop emailing you if you don't like interact with our links or something like that. Like sure. there's there are a lot of anti-spam rules now, uh, at least in Canada. Um, I don't know if that is the same in the states but uh, anyways yeah so i remember the whole like you have to keep opting into like especially email mailing lists so yeah like i i've never used steam spy but i think it's a way my understanding is that it would be a way for for developers to look at uh, uh, you know i don't want to guess because i don't know I, but i yeah i, I think it uses it, it used data that they've it definitely uses data that they've shut off. So basically what happens is this update through Steam is going to hide your game list by default. It's going to switch everybody to have their game list hidden from public. So view. that would be not only games that you've purchased, but also hours played, I would think. I would think so, yeah. I think that would all fall in line. And and maybe, and I don't know if this affects like your friends. Like, can I still see what Jocelyn's played can see, see what I've played. And we've had people in this I would word. think if you, if you have a public profile, then I would think that all that information, that would be like me opting in. I would think. Yeah. Like oh, opting well, into sharing my data. If my yeah. profile is public, then yeah, well, sure. See how that's the thing. They've, they've created all. So the, basically how it breaks down is you can have your basic details and it'll tell you like a summary, like your basic details, public, my profile, you can set it to public uh, or private, and then there, and it kind of breaks it down. It says, you know, your your profile summary, your your friends list, badges, Steam level. That's what is your profile. Then you have your game details, and you can set that to friends only if you'd like, mm. or private inventory, the same thing. Um, so it kind of just like, um, gives you control. Yeah, and I feel like that's a really good thing because I know people who play like super competitive online games. Um, there and this kind of almost even leads into our next topic of the week this week. But I know that um, in things like CSGO and other online games, I'm sure PUBG is the same way. Like you can basically if you go to a player's um, profile, you can see like hours played and that can become a point of harassment of being like, oh, we don't want you on our team or lol, this person is 
you know, paired with us and only has, you know, 10 hours played or whatever. So, I mean, being able to kind of lock down your hours played, I think is a, is kind of an interesting privacy anti-harassment policy. And I kind of like that because it, it gives you the option of whether you want to show off the fact that you have 5,000 hours in CSGO or hide the fact that you've got 50, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, or and, I mean, even hide the fact that you've got 5,000 and then, you know, like school people. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I'm reading through just the Steam update that they posted, and it doesn't appear as though it's, it doesn't appear as though it's, uh, it it's going to just take effect automatically. I think you have to change these settings yeah. yourself. But now you have the option, I guess. Or... You do have the option, and and maybe it's maybe it's uh, maybe it's killed the API that uh, Steam Spy was using. Mm. Uh, to me, it's to me this the Steam Spy thing is 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 secondary. I know it's important to a lot of folks, but to me, the interesting news is these companies, uh, you know, like Valve, and probably many as we move forward, thanks to what happened with Facebook, where they're going to start saying like, no, like privacy is our main concern. We're going to make sure that that you have the control that you want. You know, yeah. so if I want to say like, I want people to be able to say see what games I've played and what games I own, but I don't want them to see the hours I've played. I yeah. have that option now. And I think that those settings are important for the user experience to be able to tailor it to, to what they want. And even to say, like, um, you know, Steam's a very large platform, and, I, you know, I'm not speaking for myself. I mean, my, my profile is public, so you can see exactly what I played. But there are a lot of games on Steam, and some folks may just want to be like, I don't want people knowing what I'm playing. Yeah. So, like, that's that's an option for you now, <laughs> if you so choose. Uh, you can check my profile. I have nothing to hide. Uh, I do a podcast about playing games, so I kind of, like, if I'm playing games, I'm talking about them. Um, but these options are, are, are interesting, and it'll be interesting to see where, where this goes, because I feel like this is the first of, of many as we move forward i think it's always a good thing to put control of user data into the hands of the users like it's my information i should be able to choose who can see it when so the more kind of policies we see going down this road i think the better it is for the consumer so yeah and the steam spy stuff is like the publicly available user data like developers still have access their own tools yeah yeah not not even their own tools but like valve tools Oh, yeah, no, that's what I meant. Like, there are developer tools available for them to get information. So, yeah. So the people who who really need that information are getting it. I assume. I'm not a developer, but, I mean, Valve has made a lot of money from Steam and keeping developers happy. You know, there's not a lot of competition, but, uh, yeah, I I think those tools do exist. They, They have to, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, our second piece of news tonight was a stream that happened. It's a new service, a stream that happened tonight um, that yeah. was live a couple of hours ago. So uh, we're going to talk about this before we get too far into it. I just want to kind of like disclaimer all of this conversation by saying um, I'm actually part of the Twitch team that was founded by the now spokesperson for this new uh, tool. So not right. that I'm I mean, I'm I'm not really biased in any way, shape or form, but I just want everyone to know that there is that relationship. I think she's pretty awesome. Uh, She's done a lot for me and the whole Twitch beauty community. So I think she's great. But uh, I did want to talk about this because I think it's really interesting. And I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. But basically, we're talking about 
the whole Bully Hunters initiative. So this is bullyhunters.org. And the idea is it is an online tool to help fight in-game harassment, specifically right now in CSGO. So, I mean, the fact that harassment happens in-game, and especially when it comes to female gamers, shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Being a female on the internet sucks. <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. It's, it's really, really shitty. Hmm. So, yeah. um, the, the basic idea is that there is a difference between trash talk and harassment and that you know like there are a whole bunch of different ways to be harassed this bully hunters initiative is basically targeting all harassment so female gamers tend to be targeted and harassed more than male gamers but that doesn't mean it's an exclusive like women versus men type of a problem it just like harassment in gaming is a problem period I don't think anyone can actually argue that. Um, So this initiative is basically taking that idea and saying, look, we've been dealing with harassment Hmm. in the game industry and we've been told to deal with it the same way for years, which is essentially ignore it, mute it, block it, whatever. But, you know, don't feed the trolls. And that advice obviously is not working because even if they're screaming into the void, Someone is hearing it because it's not going away. So basically the idea of bully hunters is they've created a tool that lets you sign up either as a hunter or someone who needs help. And the idea is you go to the website, you say, I'm being harassed in my game. Mm -hmm. And then you get assigned a hunter who then adds you as a friend on Steam and joins your game you single out a player who's harassing you and then the hunter will go and own them basically Mm. kill them and um and i think what's kind of key to this is put the message in chat saying like harassment is not a game bullyhunters.org like spread the word don't just come in kill them and leave like there's a message there's a message exactly there is a message so um i feel like Something needs to be done, but I don't know if this is the thing that needs to be done. So, I mean, I watched the stream. The first stream was today, and it was um, it was kind of advertised as, like, the first Bully Hunter stream. But it was more of, like, an introduction. They talked to a couple psychologists. They talked about harassment and gaming. They gave some stats. They gave some stats that they had extrapolated from a study and basically said, like, okay... We found from the study or someone found from the study. They didn't actually perform the study, but the study was on gamers in general and harassment in gaming. They uh, studied, I think there was like 890 something gamers who were surveyed. And of those, like, I think it was like 63% experienced harassment. And then they said, okay, so how many CSGO players are there? That times 63% equals this number of games. It was like 21 million gamers experienced harassment or something like that. And I'm like, guys, that's not mm-hmm. how studies work, and that's not how stats work. So maybe you shouldn't have done that. Like, you would have been better to stick with the percentage. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I mean, I, I caught the stream as well. Uh, I thought that the the discussions were better than the showcase of the tool. Yeah. Um, the tool, to me, is, you know... You could have, and I, I want to be careful because I, you know, as a, as a male gamer, as someone who doesn't experience the same type of 
harassment. And I agree, there's a problem. There's a real issue with video games that didn't exist when when we were kids because yeah. there just wasn't that that connectivity. You were playing single player games. You were playing with you. Yeah, my brother's You're an asshole, but yeah. he's not gonna <laughs> threaten to kill me. Well, okay, he's not gonna threaten to do the bad things that are 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 being used as examples in 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 their bully hunter videos, uh, or even in the example which I thought was gonna feel really uh, really scripted, but um, it kind of it kind of it, it kind of came off as as real to me. Uh, uh, but well, again, is, like uh, so, the example that they used, they actually yeah. they had a um, so they had a gamer. They said she's experienced like the whole thing felt very very scripted to me, and this is the thing they're getting that raked over the coals for as well, um, because it did feel very very scripted, and they had kind of said, oh, we're gonna do a live show, and the the whole idea was, you know we're going to make it live and everything's happening live and, and everything else. And I was just kind of like, okay, that's great. That's really cool. We'll see this tool in action. And then when yeah. it actually happened, it felt super scripted. It, it wasn't live. Like the, the, they, yeah, the way they interrupted a decent conversation with like, oh, I can need to interrupt you guys because we got to go to casual gamer 95. Who's playing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, what are they? They called her something. I think they called her, uh, you know, a casual, yeah or a light i don't know they used a word that i was like really like you're you're even labeling people yeah y you know it's i i applaud the effort and again like i was gonna say like remove the tool from this entire conversation keep bullyhunters.org i think it's a cool name the marketing that you've got set up is kind of neat stick with it but like the tool to sort of set up these where where you're better off is in, is spreading the message that this is a problem and working with developers to really punish people mm -hmm. who are who are going to be doing this right cuz they well, see all the is, logs you know like no yeah and you're totally right and i think this should be a more of a call to action for developers than yeah. anything else because when it comes to harassment in games developers suck they don't do anything and that's They're terrible i think the biggest problem is that when I, as a gamer, report harassment, I don't feel like my voice is heard, like they're going to do anything, like that person's going to get banned. Like, it it just, it doesn't, like, they don't, they're not doing enough. And I, that's really frustrating as a gamer. And I think that's what this kind of grew out of, is the idea that, like, look, for years we've been doing the mutes and the blocks and the mm -hmm. don't play, don't put me on a team with this person and, you know, report, 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 report toxic 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 but mm -hmm. if you feel like you're still constantly getting harassed and nothing's being done by the developer eventually you're gonna try to take matters into your own hands and that's what this is I right get that. like yeah. yeah i understand so, that frustration um yeah but for me it's like if it should be on the developers you're 100 percent right about that we talked about something a couple weeks ago was like the developer free play alliance or something like that which sounds like something they're looking to do but in my mind if someone's if someone's an asshole and they continue to be and I, and I'm not talking about someone who says like oh you suck you know you're you know Hanzo main you're terrible uh you know uh, learn to play like that is a is not what th that that is that is harassment but to mute that person and say like maybe they're having a bad day maybe they're they're just a dick 
but they're not being totally, totally toxic. Like you're right, there are layers, but like the bannable offenses are the examples that they used in, uh, and, and there are a lot of bannable offenses that, that people report. I'm sure we've all experienced them. And Blizzard developers see that it's not private. They can mm-hmm. pull up your chat logs. Um, if you're if you're talking in voice chat, like they they probably have programs where they can they can see that traffic. Uh, you sign you you agree to a terms of service when you launch a game that basically says yeah nothing you do on our platform is invisible from Blizzard. So yeah. like have a have a system. Don't put them in like a bad person pool. That's just a, like. That's not helpful either. Like, yeah. remove their access to the paid product because they didn't follow the terms. Like, I'm a good person. I don't, I don't, I'm not an asshole when I play video games with people. Like, sure, I might get salty. Sure, I might, you know, complain. Uh, oh, I that... definitely get salty. <laughs> yeah, but like, you don't get to the point where you're like really tearing someone apart. Mm-hmm. They might mute you. They might, they might do something like that. You might poke fun at them, but like, you're not getting to the point where nobody in that game believes that you should be banned for what you said. But there yeah. are people that should be banned for what they say. Or even just say, yeah. like, you've lost access for 30 days. That is enough to deter people. 30 days without playing your favorite game. Like, look at Fortnite Battle Royale. Like, they can they can see your IP. They can look at all that stuff. If they, like, hard ban you for 30 days and that's the only game you play, you might think twice about the way you act going back into yeah. the game. Yeah. Well, and again, yeah, and you're right. This comes down to developers taking action and they're not mm-hmm. right now. And I mean, a lot of people have said like, oh, there's no such thing as harassment in games. It's all trash talk. It's on the Internet. So mm-hmm. therefore, harassment can't actually or sexual harassment can't actually exist because this is a virtual space. That's bull poop, guys. That's bull poop. <laughs> that's, um, that's yeah, but, that's you know, just like, bad. These are, these are the arguments that I've seen. And I think that like I'm very happy for the people making those arguments that they have never been on the receiving end so they think it doesn't happen i am glad that you have an existence that means that you don't get harassed online that's awesome like good for you for having that experience good for you for you know not having to be harassed like i'm glad that those people exist but don't tell me that i've never been harassed online or that i need to grow a thicker skin because when you have it's and it's not even just the um the one-off comments like the the get back in the kitchen and make me a sandwich girls don't belong in games like these are the kinds of things i hear almost daily guys like and i know that that seems unbelievable if you've never had it happen to you but when you are a person a woman in video games putting themselves out there all the time on twitter mm-hmm. on twitch like almost every day it's disgusting and to the point that i don't use like heroes put voice chat in the game i don't use it if i ever play overwatch i don't use it i talk in discord with my friends because otherwise it's awful Mm -hmm. and like even to the point that um before i had like the joss plays handle before i started using my real name i literally chose the name gis gamer because it didn't tell people whether I was male or female. So, you know, like this, this kind of stuff happens and it's not even the kind of thing where people trash talk you in the game and then you feel like, Oh, I've got to, you know, come, I have to grow a thicker skin and just mute them and move on. It's like these people don't stop at in-game chat. These people will find you on Battle.net. They will find Mm -hmm. you on Twitter. They will like, 
literally hunt you down and it happens. And, you know, like if you've never had this happen to you, I'm very, very happy for you because when it does happen to you, it is scary when you start to think of like, well, if I even when I did the interview for Blizzard that I was super excited to do, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And it sucks that I have to think like this, but like, what am I going to do? What should I lock down? I'm going to go change all my passwords and like blah, 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 blah. And I shouldn't have to do that. But no. the reality of being a woman online right now is that's what happens. And again, Bully Hunters is not specifically for women there. It's harassment and gaming in general. And I mean, people will chase you down and harass you regardless of your sex. They will chase you down and harass you. They will use ridiculous names if they think that you're a bad player. Like there's all kinds of harassment. And mm -hmm. the... So I watched the Bully Hunters stream and this is why I think that something has to be done. I don't know if Bully Hunters is the right way because I think Ryan and I talked about this in text a little bit before we sure. actually did the show. I kind of feel and there is a message tied to it. So this wasn't kind of made clear before the stream, but there is a harassment is not a game with the website that all of the hunters are, are supposed to link when they actually go into a game to target someone who has been harassing. But targeting people who are like it's like fighting fire with fire like you're fighting the thing that you hate by becoming the thing that you hate because this feels a little bit like whenever you're targeting a single person regardless of whether they deserve it or not yeah it feels a little bit like bullying to me and they're saying they're not harassing they're going in they are you know putting a target on that person's back they are knocking them out of the game and then the hunters leave. So they're not like griefing. They're not harassing. The only thing they say to the person is basically harassment's not a game. Now you're out of the match, like move on. So, I mean, yeah. but I just, I just don't know if I agree with the tool, but I do agree that something needs to be done because the chat during the Twitch. Oh, um, I hit the chat stream, so fast. <laughs> well, see, and I did the same thing when I first started watching the stream, I did it without the chat. And then I was like, you know what? I need to see what's being said right now because I feel like that's part of the conversation and part of the argument. And I was proven 100% right. Like, there were things in there like racial slurs, uh, women are property, uh, mm. women don't belong in games, but, like sexualizing the women who were on the stream. And just like, and I mean, some of the comments were like, the stream seemed very, very scripted. It was shorter than it was supposed to be. They didn't show very much actual gaming. They just had that one example of what the tool could do. And like, so I understand there are criticisms of the stream and I think there's criticisms of everything, but between the Twitch chat and then the bully hunters hashtag on Twitter, it's disgusting guys. Like it's actually disgusting. And anyone who says to me that sexual harassment or harassment in general doesn't happen in gaming. <laughs> like that stream chat and that Twitter hashtag are all the proof that I'm ever going to need that something needs to be done and attitudes yeah. need to be changed. And I think just confronting bullying and harassment when you see it by saying, Hey, that's not cool. You shouldn't do that. Like, and then mute the person. Sure. But I think that we in general, need to do more confronting and less ignoring well that's that's like uh that that I, I i mean i'm no psychologist or expert uh at all in this specific field but like when dealing with a bully when you're in a in a place of authority you don't belittle the bully yeah you, you say 
look, do you realize how hurtful that is? Like, that's like intervention 101. Like, you get both parties there. It's like, look, like, this is not cool. Like, what you're what you're doing, and maybe you don't have both parties. Again, not an expert. But you would say, like, <laughs> it's just, it's not cool it's to do not that. It's not acceptable. It's, it's not, not right. Acceptable. Yeah. And it, I think that's the message that needs to be heard because it's not sure. even 100% about, it's not about the bully. It's about the people being harassed. It's about the other people who aren't saying anything. So let's take Heroes as an example. Sure. I'm not throwing Blizzard under the bus in any way, shape, or form. I'm just thinking of a game that I play. That Some has had. Random people that has multiple people on a team, right? <laughs> so let's say you've got a one harasser and one harassee. That means there's three other people who can either read or hear that chat that's going on between the harasser and the harassee. That's three people who could stand up for the harasser, mm. harassee, stand up for the for the person being harassed, or three people who could potentially be seeing this behavior and thinking, well, maybe he's having a bad day, but maybe next time I'm having a bad day, I should go and be a jerk and I should use all of this kind of language. And one of those three people who's being quiet could potentially be an impressionable 12-year-old. Like, what do we want to teach these people? What? How do we want people who are being harassed, how do we want them to feel? Do we want them to feel unheard or do we want them to feel supported? And I think all it takes is one of those three people to say, hey, dude, that's not okay. You shouldn't talk to people like that. There are actually other people on the other side of the screen. Even just that kind of messaging can make yeah. me feel supported if I'm being harassed and can make other people feel like it's okay to speak up and that other people who aren't actively participating in this back and forth can then also feel like, oh, maybe next time I should I should stand up too and I should say this isn't okay. And or, oh, it's not okay to act like this. So I'm going to either stay quiet or next time support somebody. Like, But basically like moving people away from those kind of actions are the things that we should be doing. And I think that's the kind of action that we should take. Sure. And I think that that's more like that's a better call to action to me than just like having a tool to go and kill somebody in a video game. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that's the way to go about it. I it's... think having people stand up and say, stop the harassment, whatever form it takes. Again, I don't think that this is a, uh, a feminine like women issue at all. I think this is a gamer issue, period. Like I might experience it more because I have a bit more of a target on my back because I have a feminine voice like or a feminine avatar or whatever. Like so I might be targeted more often, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that men don't get targeted. Like harassment is a problem, period. It, and I think that it just it's a, I think it should be a call to action more than um, being bullies themselves. I agree. Like watching this stream, like uh, they they had their messages down. They were talking about the issue. They they addressed it from a from a standpoint a general. Like you're right, it's an attitude problem with a specific subset of gamers. And you're right, there's always going to be those outliers where they don't fit into this specific crowd. But I think where you know we talk about where developers come in, we can also talk about where uh, the folks like uh that that started bully hunters or even ourselves or anyone any type of podcaster that does you know positive video game content where we can spread that message and say like look like it's not cool to harass other people and the best way to combat it 
is to tell your your favorite developer like look you need to take this seriously and also to tell people it when you notice it you know when you see something say something like mm-hmm. say something back to them and say like look this is not cool and i've done that in heroes where someone's yeah. like losing their mind and i and i stop playing because i just it bothers me so much and i stop and i say like do you really feel what you're typing is actually helping the game like if you just if if you just it, i know you're angry we're losing you're playing nova you're ha- you're not getting the kills you want you know boohoo you're not having fun but what you should do is you should just put your blinders on find a focus point and get through the match you don't need to tear everybody apart and it takes yeah. me minutes to write that message and my character standing behind a wall and i'm i'm not i'm not positively yeah. impacting the game but i'm taking time out of my out of this game that we're losing to tell someone to stop being an asshole yeah. Well, and, and I think, and again, like it comes down to, it's not just like trash talk. Like what we're no. talking about when we're talking about harassment is not like get good. That's not harassment. What is harassment is go kill yourself. Like uninstall, like just even uninstall, I think would be kind of on the, the kind of threshold of, ex- of acceptable air. Quotes. It's all stupid though. It's really. all like, well, I know it is all stupid, but I think that there is definitely a line that you cross where you go from trash yes. talking into harassment. Like trash talking is basically saying I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. Harassment is saying there is something wrong with you because of X, Y, and Z. And that's the difference. And I think that a lot of people don't see the difference and they think that all things that fall under what I would say is harassment is trash talk. And that's not like there is, there are things that, are acceptable to say in like as a joke as trash talk and things that are not like i'm gonna hunt you down and rape you is not acceptable guys oh, like that, how, yeah. how do i even have to say this like you, you that's shouldn't talk. you shouldn't have to say it. it it probably felt incredibly awkward and weird to even say it out loud because it's not something a normal human being says it's not you know? <laughs> uh and and the fact uh you know and i i think it goes back to like it's an attitude problem and that what you what needs to happen is people with authority so like we talked about the developers we we talk about uh people that have a platform like ourselves like the folks who started bully hunters but also you know you know parents and 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 uh parental figures and guardians like that's those folks come in in a way and i'm not like gonna blame the parents here so before you (laughs) before you rush to your keyboards but when you look at how people, you know, when you look at bullying in, in schools, just on the playgrounds, you, you have that parent that says, oh, well, not my Billy. You know, he would never do that. You know, just denying the fact that their kid would even do something like that. Um, but owning up to it, like, for example, I'll just use myself as an example with with my kids. Like, I know when Caden and Abigail get older and they become gamers, they're going to they're gonna learn how to act with people. And those yeah. kids... Those kids are going to come up in a world where the internet existed before they were born, and we we will hopefully have like some social norms set out where it's like this is how you act on the internet. You wouldn't do this in real life because the internet is 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 the same thing, you know. Yeah, These well, are real yeah, people. the line the line between yeah, like the internet world and the real world just doesn't really exist anymore. <laughs> and there are some people out there like not everybody's as tech savvy as the next kid. And when you have your, when you have these, these, these children growing up in, in, and I've seen it, 
you know, with, uh, with, with family members and, and stuff where they're not, their parents aren't as tech savvy as the kids and they don't know kind of what's going on. So it's important to know what's going on with these people. So if you have an influence over someone, like if you, like I've, I've known people who act like that in games and I say to them, I was like, you, you really feel like what you're doing is, is kind of like productive. Like, how is this fun? You know, and mm-hmm. you're just tearing people apart. Like, is that where you get your fun or are you getting the fun from the game? Uh, so I think there's a lot of people that play a role and it's not one specific person that's at fault. It's not just the developers. It's not just the parents. It's not just, you know, society. It's kind of like a mix of everything. And I think you're right. The best way to fix it is a strong message. And that's what we've seen with the latest movements. Like they, they start from a, a catalyst, but it's the message that, that I think really helps, you know, fix or at least bring light to these dark issues. And when you look at harassment in games, you're right. Like the reason it hasn't been taken seriously is because there's enough people saying that it's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, but it is clearly, very clearly, as you saw in Twitch chat, like most people just like, like myself, just, I'm not even going to bother looking at Twitch chat because I know it's going to be a mess. Um, and that's another thing on Twitch. Like they've been working towards fixing it. They've oh, been yeah, more like, public about but it. If, if Twitch was actually going to fix anything, every single, like every single account that was talking in that bully hunter stream would be banned from Twitch right now. And I guarantee you they didn't do that. So I like as much as Twitch put out a new terms of service, like if you don't actually follow that up with any sort of action, it's worthless. And Twitch doesn't seem to be following up. So I don't have a lot of like I'm Mm. see. And this is kind of my problem is that I'm at the point now where like you, I just normally hide Twitch chat. I don't pay attention because I just assume that the platform is toxic. And I feel like so many developers haven't so many developers and platform owners haven't done enough. Mm-hmm. to make their platforms approachable <laughs> like usable yeah. in some cases like so and it's not even just we're not even talking about um difference of opinion here like we are talking about straight up sexist racist disgusting inhuman comments that shouldn't be read or seen or heard ever and yeah. And the platforms aren't doing anything about it. They, you know, you can report till the cows come home and it doesn't make a difference. So whatever the platform did, like owners are doing, like they should be doing more, I think is basically what it comes down to. Otherwise, you're going to get things like bully hunters coming up and they're going to be, you know, met with anger and they're going to be met with um, what's the word I'm looking for? Opposition, mm-hmm. like. You know, because these people aren't the people who should be doing something like. But they have to, they feel like they have to. They feel like they have to. And that and, and, and that's part, because, again, it is it's something something needs to be done and the wrong things are going to be done if you just leave it in the hands of the general population. Right. So yeah. they're your games. They're your platforms. Take control, developers. I think that's what it comes down to, because um, some of us don't feel safe and, you know, it's like a not a my feelings are hurt kind of safe. It's a I actually worry if people can find my e, like my IP address and then somehow find my house kind of not safe. And yeah. people shouldn't feel like that. So well, I, I I mean I personally you know um, when my kids grow up like I'm I'm kind of worried 
about like I'm ter I'm not I'm not terrified because it's a long ways away and a lot of things can happen between now and them being able to play online games. But like when they do get to the age where they're playing those games, like what's the landscape going to look like? Am I going to want them playing Smite Three? Am I going to want them playing <laughs> Heroes of the Storm? Well, well, I mean, probably still be Heroes of the Storm, but <laughs> I remember how absolutely terrified I was the mm. first time and the first time because not the only time, but the first time someone was actually able to target me and take down my internet. What? I was terrified, terrified <laughs> because Something people can was, do. Well, yeah, people can find out your information and target you and DDoS you. Oh my. <laughs> like, and I remember the first time that happened to me and it was absolutely terrifying because I'm like, all right, someone has, and I understand it's like the internet and whatever, but like someone has now shut down my access and like how much information do they actually know about me? Like, do they know literally physically where I am right now? And like, I couldn't sleep that night. It was like, it happened to me at like two o'clock in the morning. I was streaming with Dills at the time. And mm. I remember just being like totally, utterly terrified and I couldn't like, access the internet i couldn't anything and i was just like oh my freaking god like this that is, is terrifying. Scary. it is, is super scary so it, i mean yeah. it's yeah it's just uh that's that's the kind of stuff that happens and that's the kind of stuff that i think needs to be stopped and whether it's actually a platform specific thing or a culture we need to change one way or another it just needs to stop <laughs> like yeah. people shouldn't treat other people like this and so we need to do whatever we need to do. And I think, again, call to action is what this needs to be. And call to action needs to be all the good people in those games speaking up. Yeah, I agree. It's all about the messaging. I don't think it's about this this targeting. This targeting thing. of people I don't think is necessary. It's, I don't think it's right. It's a, gosh, I applaud their effort, but it's just a little too weird for me. Like, the, it's the message first. And I think, like, the, the bully hunters need to get in line with that free uh, play alliance with Blizzard and Riot and all them folks and kind of say to them, like, look, we'll we'll handle the player side, you guys handle the dev side, and let's meet together in the middle and figure this thing out. Because I think there are folks out there willing to have the tough conversations and try to fix or at least address the issue. You're never going to 100% fix it. But yeah. to address the issue and start to kind of bring down that population of, of aggressive you know, just hateful gamers. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a path forward. And I think seeing these two initiatives pop up so closely is no coincidence. Yeah. So I think it's both the developers and the gamers that are getting really frustrated with their player base because it's a consumer run world. So if the, if enough gamers rise up and, and create enough stink and, and stop playing a lot of these games, which are games as service, like Overwatch, I gave yeah. them my $60. I mean, I just don't put any more money into it. And it's not a harassment thing, but it's, but if it were a harassment thing, they see that dollar amount not coming in. Yeah. You know, for me, it's a gameplay thing, but I, I think that as you move to more games as a service, and if you don't do anything to keep your player base happy by removing, you know, harassers and having tools against that, like it hurts the bottom line, which is what matters to these companies. Yeah. So it's in their best, it's, it's in their best interest to fix it um from the money standpoint but just also from just a you know pro pro consumer standpoint yeah if it's the money that gets them going then then fine it shouldn't be but it is what it is so 
as soon as it starts to hurt their bottom line, I think they'll start figuring out and we're seeing that. So I want to see these two organizations get together and, and create a combination mm-hmm. of some kind. Focus on messaging is important and, and yeah. developer tools. So, Well, and the other there is there's one other piece to this that mm. I think is uh, potentially a problem. And it might possibly because I'm, I wasn't 100 percent up to date on what was going on with the Steam update. But the other thing is basically uh, what the service does is it will match you up as a player with a hunter. But I'm a little bit worried because all the hunters are volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit worried because right now on Steam, you can go to a player's profile and see who they've played as. So basically, when you sign up to be a hunter on bullyhunters.org, you get assigned like an anonymous ID, basically. So you're like bully hunter number 625. So you change your, or the idea is you change your Steam name to Bully Hunter 625 so that your person that you've been matched up with, your gamer who's asked for help, then adds you through Steam as Bully Hunter 625. But on Steam, you can do the drop down and see all the names that a potential person has played as in the past. Mm. So then even if I go, I'm Joss Plays, and then I go, I'm Bully Hunter 625, and then I switch back to Joss Plays people can search for bully hunter and find everyone who's used that username and then target them on their personal accounts. So again, I don't think that this is the right way to go about this. I think that it's putting it on the community and the community is working with what tools they have. But I like that. I think they're going to have a hard time finding volunteers because I think a lot of people are going to be targeted on their personal accounts and nobody wants that. It'd be different if they had specific bully hunter accounts just with a whole bunch of one. But then again, then how do you stop people from signing in to those accounts and, you know, like whatever. So, uh, yeah, they have to work with the developers on that side. Because yeah. If, if you're creating specific accounts, it could be considered like account sharing. And then, yes. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Account sharing, too. Yeah, it's, exactly. There's all kind. it's very it's problematic anyways with the way that it's been implemented. So I, we'll have I, to see what happens with this. But uh, yeah, I mean, there there is a problem, period, hmm. I think. So I don't think this is the solution, but there definitely is a problem. So, wow, that went on a lot longer than I meant it to. I apologize. <laughs> well, I, I think it's important. And uh, yeah, it's important. Yeah. So uh, if you guys have stuck with us all the way to the end, thank you guys so much. It was a longer episode. Appreciate the support. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes will be streamed on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact on both Twitch and at bit.ly slash TGIVOD. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about Far Cry 5, the new Hearthstone expansion, or any of the news we talked about this week, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn, and we will see you next week. Possibly, maybe, uh, we have to figure out our recording schedule because Ryan is awaiting. Wednesday. So We're going to record I think, Wednesday. Oh, we are? Did we decide on Wednesday? Okay, so next week, it will not be Thursday. It'll be Wednesday, but again, 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash The Gamers Inn. So thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Bye, everyone.